Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we check out some of the latest releases from Cole Diamond. Cole Diamond is a country outfit out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. The band started with a 2019 release titled Late Nights, Early Mornings and has been cranking out cool country sounds ever since. Their music comes from somewhere between Waylon Jennings and Alan Jackson. Or maybe it's from somewhere between the 70s and 90s. Or maybe it just plum sprung out of the Minnesota dirt where these boys are from. At any rate, today we get to hear from singer-songwriter Ryan Otte. Some folks say Ryan and Cole are one and the same. Other folks say Cole Diamond is the name of the whole outfit. I say either way, Cole Diamond is a darn clever name. I'm Bill Stoneberg. Get ready for some down-home Minnesota brewed country music with Cole Diamond tonight on The Sound. A lot of money keeping up this appearance. Whose attention now you're trying to buy? Go and get a real job, then you'll be just fine. Well, I'll sit here until the lights come on again. And all these empty bottles are some of my closest friends. And if you see my name on the wall in a picture frame, then you know you made it to the drinker. Every day Show 
That was Drinker's Hall of Fame, and that is the latest release by Cole Diamond out of Minneapolis. Uh, now, before we get started, I kind of want to sort out this name business. Uh, <laughs> according to your bio on your website, uh, Cole Diamond is either you or you and your band, depending on who you talk to. Um, and I also noticed some of the credits on the tunes, it says Cole Diamond as uh, vocals and guitar. So uh, do you go by Cole or Ryan or what What do we do here? <laughs> what do I call you? <laughs> I know it has become kind of a confusing situation now. I mean, technically my name is Ryan. Right. Um, and when I was coming up with this band idea, I just thought, you know, Ryan Adi was kind of a boring name to just have your music under. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of all came about, it was actually a name in an email at my day job. Um, there was an email that a bunch of people were CC'd in and BCC'd and whatever. And there was one name that kind of stuck out, Cole Diamond. And I thought, wow, that's a name. And so I just kind of wrote it down in my little, you know, notes right. that I keep. And <laughs> oh, wow. I got to be game in. So that was a so yeah, it does kind of vary though. I mean, right? I mean, sometimes I just kind of use it as it's the Cole Diamond band, or it's just Cole Diamond as the person. So Uh it's a it is a little confusing. I I kind of like the confusion though. It's it gives it a little bit of that like that mystery, you know? Like yeah, I don't know. Keeps people on their toes, right? You know, for sure. Um, so that was someone's real name, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I mean, there's some other. Um, if you Google Cole Diamond, there's actually another singer, Cole Diamond, um, but they have, what do you call it, like the slash that goes through the O. There's like some oh. type of accents or whatever on a couple of the letters. And uh, so we do kind of get mixed up sometimes where uh, he messaged me because I guess some of my songs that I'd uploaded were somehow uploaded under his name on YouTube, it somehow right. got goofed up. So yeah. we yeah. are now, like it or not, kind of connected. So maybe we'll have to... Yeah, maybe you guys could play or together or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'd be so thrilled. It doesn't seem like he's too much of a country fan. Oh. It's more like kind of like really electronic kind okay. of R&B. Okay. So it might be a little bit of a stretch, but right, you know, right. we can make it work. Either way, uh, Cole Diamond is clever as heck. Like that's, <laughs> I think that's well, really right. Cool. It kind of works on a few levels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so, so you guys have been releasing uh, Cole Diamond stuff since around 2019. Um, so it's been a few years, and you got quite a few releases out. Um, but kind of odd years, you know, because we had the pandemic and everything. Right. Can you kind of take us through that journey, like uh, from the start of this this project to uh, now and the, through the pandemic? Yeah. Um, Well, a lot of the guys in the band I've been playing with, you know, prior to all this and other projects Mm -hmm. and but mainly they were like cover bands. We had a cover band for a while called Bourbon County, which was just doing a lot of the, you know, Waylon and Willie and Merle, just kind of all the classic stuff. Right. um, We were doing that for a while and it was kind of around the 2019 ish when I thought I'm like, well, maybe I'll try writing a few of my own songs and you know see how that works and Mm -hmm. get out from behind the drums and maybe try playing guitar Um, so i uh, grabbed a couple of those guys and you know we kind of started up this cold diamond thing and then Mm -hmm. you know unfortunately it was kind of like right when we you know we released that first ep 
uh, late nights, early mornings, and, uh, you know, started playing some shows and kind of get a little momentum, and then everything kind of shut down there for two years. So, right, yeah. Um, got back back on the back on the horse after and kind of getting there again at this point. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you got some good shows coming up, um, some action going on. Um, I want to get back into the tunes. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll play Late Nights, Early Mornings for folks, and uh, cool. and uh, we'll come back and talk some more. I'm here talking to um, Ryan Adi, uh, otherwise known as Cole Diamond, and uh, this is a, a track from their 2019 release, uh, Late Nights, Early Mornings, and you're listening to it on the sound right here on 89.5 KQAL. <laughs> Well, I've been up on the stage for most of my life Playing two empty chairs and some guy's wife I just keep saying tonight might be the night And I hope I find it out before I die Late nights and early mornings got me down Ain't got me feeling nothing for this town When you just can't make enough to settle down Late Nights, Early Mornings, and that is uh, one of the earlier releases from Cole Diamond from 2019, and I have Mr. Cole Diamond on the phone with me tonight, um, otherwise known as Ryan Adi. Uh, Ryan, so we were talking a little bit about you know how you just got started in 2019, and then the pandemic hit and everything. Um, it sounds like you guys put it together real quick, though, because you said you just kind of got out from behind the drum set in 2019 and started writing and by the end of 2019 you guys had a release so 
Yeah, it sounds like it came together real quick. It, you'd been working with these guys for a while then, I take it? like. Yeah, we were all pretty familiar. And, I mean, I have to definitely pay some some gratitude uh, to the members of the band, Dan Lowinger and Josh Braun, Sean Hoffman, Andrew Bartleson. I mean, they're all A-plus players. I mean, they take they take my kind of, uh, you know, mediocre ideas and turn them into, you know, a full picture. So, <laughs> right, uh, right. It's always great to have good players, you know, right? Yeah, yeah um, exactly. So you, you mentioned a little bit uh, – about playing drums and then switching to guitar. How did you get your start in music in general? You know, how, how was that journey for you? It sounds like you started on drums or how'd you start? Um, yeah, well, actually I wanted to, it was, I think in sixth grade when you can uh, sign up for like a band instrument, you mm-hmm, know, right. you want to be in band, you can sign up for drums or trombone or whatever. And so I just had this idea in my head that like, Oh, drums, like a whole trap kit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but in reality, it's just one drum. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and hopefully so it's a drum a and not down. a triangle, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was kind of a letdown. And also it was, uh, you had to like have taken piano or know how to read music, which I guess is still kind of a thing. Um, so anyway, that didn't work out for me. And then my parents thought that maybe, you know, a better idea would be like, well, let's just get him a guitar. That's easier than a full drum set. Uh-huh. And so I kind of started out playing guitar in like seventh grade and um, started a little high school band with some friends and did that all through high school. And um, So kind of caught the bug early. I was always playing drums, though. I mean, whenever someone had a drum kit, I'd always, you know, call drums, you know, whenever we're kind of doing our little round robin jams uh-huh. you know, that we that we used to do. Um, and then eventually, I was probably in 20, maybe 21, um, and I finally got my own drum kit and then started playing drums in bands and nice. then kind of just played drums from that point on up until, you know, recently. Um, I mean, I've always been playing guitar, but mainly playing drums uh, for most of that time. Well, that's kind of cool. You've been like a multi-instrumentalist like the whole way through, it sounds like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, varying degrees on all of them. You know, I'll play, mm-hmm. I'll play bass and, and whatnot, um, uh, but definitely not getting many of those calls to become a bass player for someone's band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're doing quite well on your own now. So, um, have you always been into uh, country music, or you know, how how did that journey happen? What were you into when you first started? You know. Yeah, I mean. It's uh, it's definitely been a full 180, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the, I mean, I guess in in high school, it would have been the 90s, you know? Right. And so prime time for kind of what we're mining now, like the mid 90s, you know, the Alan Jackson and all that. Right. Um, but at the time, I just did not have the time of day for country music. I mean, I was into, you know, all the, SST records bands and right. hardcore stuff and punk and you know anything weird really you uh-huh. know anything that just was like difficult to listen to I was like that, <laughs> that must be something that must be art like and, fire hose uh, to fugazi kind of thing oh exactly yeah we used to do a bunch of fugazi songs I can't even imagine how horrible they were in my <laughs> high school band to people who just wanted to hear 
brown eyed girl, you know, <laughs> <Right>. and, and <laughs> we're, we're playing waiting room and they're just like, what is going on? Who hired this high school band? Um, but yeah, so I was as far away from country as you could be. I mean, I liked Credence and Neil Young and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, the obvious, like Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings, but I guess I kind of separated that from country. I just assumed country was, you know, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, right. you know, Garth Brooks, things like that. Um, and it wasn't really until like late, you know, probably again, once in, I was in my twenties and I kind of got into records, um, and I started buying albums and, uh, got into like Buck Owens and, mm, you know, yeah. kind of some more of the classic stuff and, you know, started realizing that, oh, country is all right. And then it slowly, I'm like, okay, well, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, but nineties was kind of always that like, we are, we can't cross that line. And now, I mean, stuff from the nineties, you know, it sounds like it might as well be the grand old Opry, you know I mean? It's like compared to what's going on now. now, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's true, isn't it? You know, and I think when you are a musician and then you start digging into things a little more, you get a more, I think of a, a greater appreciation for other genres and things, you know, yeah. it seems, um, you know, and, and your songs have a lot of, I can hear that nineties thing in it too, you know? Um, um, but you also, you have a lot of classic like themes, you know, of like being on the road or, you know, playing to empty clubs night after night and, um, uh, drinking. I, I've noticed as a theme in there as well. <laughs> um, what inspires you to write? You know, are you, are you drawing from, like life experiences or, you know, just things that kind of pique your interest, uh, you know, how, how does that work for you? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's something that I'm still trying to figure out myself too. You know I mean? It is, uh, I'm always envious of those people that, you know, they just sit down like a job, you know, like <laughs> I'm going to sit down and just work on songs. I got my notebook and it's just very scattershot for me, you mm-hmm. know, like it might be a phrase that I hear, incorrectly or you know something that just kind of comes up in conversation and i kind of just make a mental note like oh that might be kind of a cool song idea and just start from there or maybe it's like a you know you come up with a, a verse or something like that right uh, or a chorus and just kind of start building around that but there are you know you try not to be too cliche but um I guess it was something when I first started to try and write songs, I'd always be worried about like not trying to reference, you know, the classics like whiskey and drinking and long nights and, you Uh know, and then I'm like, well, there's no more themes, you know, I mean, it's like those common themes, um, you know, I mean, they're still being used in songs that are being released today, you Mm -hmm. know, right. Under the neon light, you know, there's always some mention of a neon light or a neon sign or, you know, something. And, you know, I mean, I think it's just the imagery of that life. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you're not necessarily living it, you know, I mean, you're you've at least seen it or experienced it in some way. Right. Right. It's common because it's relatable in some way. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. I heard you mention a little bit about you know like uh, chords and lyrics. Um, what usually comes first to you? Is it just like the words itself, or a melody, or strumming the guitar? What What is it? Yeah, a lot of times it does just kind of come from sitting around strumming the guitar and yeah, you kind of start humming something and you come up with a little melody and try to piece some words into it. I've uh, I've recently been just trying to be better about uh, 
like journaling or just writing words down. Mm -hmm. You know, if something comes into my head, just write all the words down and then go back to it later and maybe try to piece it into a melody or something like that. Right. Um, you know, it's harder, I think, with country because it's so uh, story driven. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I heard I forget who it was, uh, but someone was talking about there's rock lyrics and then there's country lyrics, you know, and like rock lyrics can kind of just be very, you know, obtuse and just kind of uh, about something or maybe nothing, you know, just a word salad. Right. Uh, but country lyrics really have to be about something, something or right. have some type of end result, you know. So mm -hmm. that's that's kind of a difficult piece, too. Yeah. Having it mean something. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always interesting to find out uh different artists process you know like what they start with and what's what's that nugget of inspiration right you know? that's cool um let's get back into some tunes uh this next one is actually one of my favorites of yours so far um and it for just i think because it for me it really encompasses that sound that we're talking about you know from you know i hear a lot of like like the Waylon 70s to 80s type stuff you know uh, yeah. the guitars got a little phaser and stuff like that, you know? Um, and I'm sure a lot of that's coming from the nineties as well, but, uh, uh, I want to get into that a little bit with you, but first I want to play the tune so people can hear it. Um, we're going to play, uh, this is people with real jobs. Uh, this is a tune by Cole diamond and I have Cole or Ryan on the phone with me tonight and we'll be back to talk to him a little more, but this is people with real jobs and you're listening to it on the sound right here on 89.5 KQAL. <laughs> Just 
People with Real Jobs, and that's a tune by Cole Diamond out of Minneapolis. And um, I have uh, Mr. Cole Diamond or Ryan on the phone with me tonight. Um, Ryan, so I, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, influences, your writing process, stuff like that. And uh, that last tune, People with Real Jobs, um, like I said, it's one of my favorites so far. But it, And I think because it just really reminds me of, like, uh, like basically old Wayland stuff from the, like the eighties yeah. to into the seventies, probably. Um, it's funny. Uh, actually I got to tell you this morning I was listening to it and, uh, something was wrong with my Bluetooth. So things were kind of distorted and almost like it was coming out of a blown out speaker. And <laughs> I instantly had a flashback to when I was a little kid riding in my grandpa's pickup truck. I was like, Oh my God, this sounds just like that with the little distortion like over the whole thing. In the dash. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of those old Chevy trucks with the metal dash and like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, that really took me back. I really dig that. Um, that awesome. but is that, you know, like we we're talking about the influences and stuff. Is that a conscious kind of decision to like kind of mine that vein there or, um, um, or do you have like specific influences in the genre that you kind of, you know, um, yeah. take in and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, with that song in particular, I love that phaser effect. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it were up to me, I just put it on everything, you know? So <laughs> I've luckily the other guys in the band are a little bit more tasteful, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, I think I was reading something about, you know, like, Waylon Jennings guitar tone and essentially he had that phaser on like that was just his tone right you know, he had a phaser phase 90 turned all the way down and just on all the time so he's kind of had that warbly uh -huh. kind of guitar going on and I just I just love that sound I, I don't know if, if if he was the one who kind of started using it but I mean it didn't seem like there were a lot of people using a phaser on their guitar prior to that but I just mm -hmm. love that tone and with that song in particular, like with that riff and everything, I was just like, oh, yeah, this needs phaser for sure. Cool. Yeah, I love that sound, too. You know, um, that, you know, people with real jobs and that late night, early mornings, that reminds me of that kind of old school stuff, too. Um, super cool. Super cool. Uh, and you have a lot of cool sounds like that all over, all across the board on your tunes. Um and I'm kind of wondering, you know, we've talked about some of the older country stuff up to 90s country stuff. Do you have any like modern uh, stuff you've been checking out or, you know, it doesn't have to be a direct influence, but, you know, kind of like what's in your player right now? You know, what have you been into? You know? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it seems like uh, there's a lot of cool new uh, like underground country mm -hmm. coming out. Um, I mean, I guess depending on what your definition of underground is, but like bands like Charlie Crockett. 
or um, uh, I'm totally blanking. Now, Joshua Headley, oh, uh, yeah. he's got a new album, I mean, which is just amazing. And it's he's kind of mining from that same uh, era, too. I mean, it's very 90s Joe Diffie kind of, you know, heavy sounds on that on that album, which is super cool. And, you know, like Margot Price and Nikki Lane, yeah. um, Vincent Neil Emerson. You know, there's a lot of cool uh, Joshua Ray Walker, a lot of three name people. Right. Uh, yep. <laughs> you always have to have three names. That's, That's one right. of the rules. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think that was kind of, a, you know, the I mean, I know it's been always happening. I mean, there's always kind of the, the mainstream and then there's a little bit underneath the mainstream. But mm-hmm. kind of when I started the idea of making my own music was you know probably a result of like bands like you know sturgill simpson or margo price or some of these newer groups right. that i'm like oh there's like people out there now doing this right. you know and maybe i was just oblivious to it prior to that um but now that i've been kind of paying more attention there's there's a lot of stuff uh, jesse daniels is another one okay. i think he's going to be coming to town with uh, american aquarium but just lots of really cool country music that isn't florida georgia line you know right, or something right, like that with right. you know no offense whatever if that's your if yeah, that's, if your that's flavor, your that's fine sure but there's lots of other choices out there right right well i think you're right though that it seems like it's ramped up in the last few years you know you know five yeah. or ten maybe but you know um maybe it's kind of like in the 90s where there was all of a sudden the alternative genre, which I tend to interpret that as like, well, that was college music, college radio in the eighties. And then they just rebranded it to sell it to us. But, but it seems like, you know, there's, there's like a, a resurgence in that classic sound coming from these, you know, um, independent artists and things like that, you know? So I think, uh, I think you're here at the exact right time, Cole. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. For once. Yeah, for sure. Right? Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm speaking to Cole Diamond, or otherwise known as Ryan Adi. He's from Minneapolis, and um, uh, we're going to play a few more tunes and talk to him some more. Uh, This next one is called Friday Night Demons. And again, that's from Cole Diamond out of Minneapolis, and you're listening to it on The Sound on 89.5 KQAL. Money's right. Can I put it 
was Friday Night Demons. That is a release from Cole Diamond, and uh, they're out of Minneapolis. I have uh, Ryan Adi on the phone with me tonight, and um, otherwise known as Cole Diamond, depending on who you talk to. Um, so, Ryan, uh, we've talked about influences, stuff like that, and I also noticed that uh, you most of your stuff is self-produced, um, usually um, – engineered by Zach Hollander, and it uh, looks mm-hmm. like you record a lot at Pearl Studios. Um, how did you connect with those guys, with, with Zach and Pearl Studios? Um, how did yeah. that go down? Yeah, he's a super great guy. Um, I was actually recording with uh, Martin Devaney, another singer-songwriter here in Minneapolis, buddy mm-hmm. of mine, and uh, we were I was playing drums on an album of his, and he was recording with Zach at Pearl, and... Uh, Whenever we were going in to record, he'd always have like Buck Owens or something playing. And so I just kind of got this idea. I'm like, oh, he's he gets it. And then when I was looking for a place to go record, I just liked the experience there. I mean, he's a real wizard with Pro Tools, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's over there just piecing things together. And, you know, like by the time you come back in to listen to a few takes, like he's already taken the best pieces of your three takes and kind of put it together in one and. He's, he's just really easy to work with. So nice. that's, you know, kind of where where I was coming from with that. And, you know, I'm I'm a real creature of habit. So, like, if something works and is real easy, I'm like, let's, let's stick with it. Yeah. You know, which could be good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? You know. Right, exactly. <laughs> Have you always had, like, an interest in uh, music production or producing then? Or is it just out of necessity that you produce it yourself or – out of like Uh, these are my babies no one else touches it like what what's the decision there yeah i mean i would love to it'd be awesome to have you know someone like an actual producer who comes in and you know i you know and it's kind of one of those things where i guess i don't really even know what a producer does i've never been in the luxury of having one right um but uh, yeah it's been mainly out of necessity um as far as just producing goes. I mean, it, I think it would be great. It's always good to get just like a impartial kind of third party in there to right. just give you ideas or let's try this or maybe try using this effect instead of that effect or, you mm-hmm. know, someone who's not so close to it to come in and give you some other input. So, right, right. You know, knock on wood, maybe uh, if there's any big, big time producers out there, you know, if I'm, yeah. I'm ready to be produced. Yeah, give Cole a call. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have that outside pair of ears, you know. Yeah, for it sure. Always is for sure. Uh, when you guys do record, do you um, do you record it live or do you track it, you know, instrument by instrument, or how does that? Is it the same band that you take live, you know? Um, yeah, for the most part, it is. You know, um, I think on a, a couple songs. Uh, we will have someone come in, you know, maybe do keys or fiddle or something like that, that mm-hmm. we don't normally have in the live configuration. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's the same crew. And, uh, you know, we try to record, uh, as live as possible. Um, I mean, it is kind of one of those things where I guess it's like, you know, that dream, right. You know, like you see that Beatles documentary or whatever, and like, they're all just in a room working it out. You know, and right. it's like you get that. But then it's like you also realize that, oh, but they've got millions of dollars to spend on this album. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you don't have the luxury of just like, oh, we're going to just sit in this room and wait until we get inspired or, you know, like the Rolling Stones, like renting a whole castle or wherever to record. 
an right. album. Um, I mean, would all be great, but you know, sometimes you just got to work with those constraints, those limitations of whether it's time, money, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and it seems like just with modern production, you know, like if you can lay down a pretty solid basic track and then, you know, keep parts that work. And if there's a guitar, you know, lick that didn't quite land, you know, you can go back in and do overdubs here right. and there. Right. Um, but, you know, the I the whole the days of like, you know, I guess you can still can. I mean, but like, it's a lot harder. You just have to have such a, you got to be so together as a band to mm-hmm. just go into a studio, set up mics and be like, boom, roll tape, nail it next. You right. Know, you got to be like wrecking crew level, you know, musicians. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and not have... saying that we're not, but you know, we might have a few more, a couple miles to go before we get there. Before you get to wrecking crew <laughs> status. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you have sure. to have the room for it too, you know, yeah, um, right. both like physically and sonically, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing that, that old phrase, uh, time is money. It really hits home when you walk into a studio. You know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You kind of just keep looking at that clock. You know I mean, um, you really start the like good enough seems to kind of come up a lot. We're like, <laughs> I think that's good enough. You know, you're like, yeah, we can work with that. Let's go. That's right. Next right. <laughs> well, you know, I was talking to someone about that the other day. Um, even when, in what I do here on the radio, um, you know, when I first, I first started out, uh, well in television, but still I was editing on tape back then, you know, yeah. and I would get reels of tape in from voiceover people, you know, stuff like that. But it made me, you just make a decision and you live with it. There's no like, right. I'm going to sit with this for three hours and then land in the same spot I was three hours ago. You know, it's like, nope, you make the decision, you move on. So, you know, I think in a way um, that can be beneficial to the process, you know, kind of get what I you I kind of like that. I mean, I know if I'm left to my own devices, I try to do like a little bit of home recording, like mainly for demos and stuff like that. I'm uh-huh. very novice at it. But I know that if I were to like, invest in all the microphones and preamps and get a whole setup i would never get anything done because i would just sit there and redo well this kick drum didn't really sound maybe if i tried this and then i you know like you just mess with something too much and then you just kind of ruin it all yeah i I think you know just kind of going with that gut you know the first Mm -hmm. first couple takes you know try to get it as good as you can and you know move on you know it's like you can only represent who you are so well you know it's like you right. if you if you gussy it up too much then it's like well this isn't even a real representation of, of what happened right yeah yeah go with the gut that's i like that for sure for sure um you know speaking about the band and um you know instrumentation stuff like that is this pretty much the same band you started with or did, has that evolved as well or um we started out with a different drummer um but for the most part it's been the same same crew you know every once in a while uh they're all kind of busy in other bands as well and you know we might have subs here and there but it's nice i mean for the most part i like to try and stick with the same crew Mm -hmm. um i know there's other band leaders that just kind of farm out you know like we'll get a band depending on what the gig is and um i'm just not that comfortable as a band leader yet to be able to just on the fly be kind of you know, instructing people on how to play the songs. And mm-hmm. um, I like that they kind of just know where we're going and I can just kind of focus on 
doing my piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you guys have a real cohesive sound then too, you know. Yeah. Um, from from tune to tune, um, which I want to ask you about that um, also about uh, singles versus albums, things like that. But uh, first, let's play another track for folks. Uh, I'm here talking to Cole Diamond, otherwise known as Ryan Adi. But uh, this next tune is called Getting Old. It's from Cole Diamond out of Minneapolis, and you're listening to it on the sound right here on 89.5 KQAL. Well, I've scratched up every mirror Trying to get to the other side I've smoked myself crazy Out of goddamn mind And I'd like to say I'm trying again But I gave up a long time ago And I wonder what it is Maybe I'm just getting old On the wrong side of 40 Life's still a mystery Got a job and a family To help keep my sanity Things that I held so close Don't mean that much to me Anymore, and I wonder what it is. Maybe I'm just getting old. Getting Old, that's a recent release by Cole Diamond. Uh, they're out of Minneapolis, and I have uh, Ryan Adi on the phone with me tonight, sometimes otherwise known as Cole Diamond. Um, Cole, 
or Ryan Cole. <laughs> um, <laughs> Either work. Yeah. So, you know, we were kind of talking about um, um, the way uh, you have the same band all the time, you know, or like to stick to the same players. And uh, the cohesive nature is what I kind of heard in there, you know, because I, I listen to your tunes and across the, the last few years, like, yeah, it sounds like a band, you know, it sounds like the same group of people, you know, so I really enjoy that. Um, and most of your releases, though, are singles, you know, a couple of them have like three or four tunes. Um, but how do you feel about full albums? Are there plans for a full album in the future? Or do you think singles are the way to go now? Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's just been kind of out of necessity. Again, you know, it always kind of comes back to money. It seems okay. like everything with music always comes down to, well, how much money do we got? Right, right. <laughs> like, okay, well, this is what we can do. Um, you know, I, I think with this last batch of tunes, I was looking at maybe trying to put them out on vinyl, but again, like it just seems like everything's so pushed out because of, you know, the big vinyl resurgence or maybe not even a resurgence. It seems like it's here to stay, but, um, you know, the times to just get something pressed, it's like nine months, 10 months out into the future. So I was kind of like, well, how about we just release these as like a single once a month, you know, and it seems to maybe stretch it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes maybe with an album, if you don't have like the money behind it for like promotion or maybe you're not really planning on like touring behind it or whatever, um, you know, you kind of put out an album and then it's like the next day it's just kind of, well, that was that, you know, like right. everyone who wanted to hear about it, heard it and everyone who wanted to write about it, wrote something about it. And then it just is kind of sitting there. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe with releasing singles, you know, it just kind of gives you something to talk about a little more often, especially in a band at our stage where we're still trying to get people interested in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. more we can kind of be out in front of people on social media or live yeah. in person um, is probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Um, you know, especially in this day and age, um, you got to keep people's interest, you know. And well, yeah, it's hard. It's a lot to compete with. I mean, just not music. I mean, just, you know, everything. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be great. I would love to, you know, put out an album at some point. And, you know, I'm sure with this next batch of tunes, um, when we go back to in to record and, you know, whenever that happens to be, you know, I'd love to put them out on vinyl or Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe even take this collection of singles and, and put them all together on a record or something. Right. But I do kind of like the idea of singles, too. And maybe that's something that's going to be more uh, relevant, you know, as kind of the music industry continues to shift. And mm-hmm. um, But that kind of seemed to be like that's how it used to be. Like bands would just put out singles, right. you know, and then right. like if that single worked, then it's like, OK, let's put out that album, you know, or whatever. You yeah. know, let's wait to release the album until this single gets popular so uh-huh right right yeah i like it you know because it like you know it keeps me interested you know i find an artist i like you know like i heard uh i think it was people with real jobs is the the recordings i heard first you know okay and then you know all of a sudden new stuff's coming out and i'm like oh cool cool you know and it's keeping my interest so that's you know there's something to be said i think for releasing singles periodically instead of a full length you know yeah. Um, what about physical? Do you have physical releases of any of this stuff so far? Or no, it's pretty much all just been online. I did make some like download cards. 
for the late night, early mornings EP that uh-huh. we released. Um, but, you know, like at shows, I don't really notice people. CDs, for instance, I just don't even personally, I don't even have a way to play a CD anymore. Yeah. You know, like none of my computers can play CD. I guess like my PlayStation, I could put a CD in my PlayStation. <laughs> right. But that's honestly about it. Um, you know, and I've got plenty of boxes of CDs from bands that I used to play in uh-huh. just in my garage that have just kind of lived there forever. So I didn't really want to add to that collection of <laughs> right. just <laughs> back catalog, uh, personal band music. But, um, I think, I think more so like with merch and stuff, I've just been kind of taking whatever money, you know, we would have spent on maybe making CDs or making an album. And then just, you know, making T-shirts or making hats, stickers, right. buttons, things like that. I've noticed like at our shows, you know, again, kind of like the level we're at, I think people are more apt to like, oh, this is a cool hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And pick that up opposed to maybe a CD that they may or may not even be able to play or uh, an album that they have to carry around the bar all night or right. you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. It's hard to... Uh... Yeah, you know, a lot of us don't even have a player anymore for a CD and stuff yeah. like that, you know. So, but speaking of merch, I noticed also on your uh, Bandcamp, uh, there's a T-shirt that has like a DeKalb Seedcorn style logo <laughs> yeah. that says Cold Diamond, which I yep. absolutely love. I'm gonna order one of those. But um, did you grow up like in a rural area or something, or is that just kind of a nod to to that or? Um, yeah, no, I did uh, kind of both. I mean, I did grow up in a rural area. I grew up in Hutchinson, okay. Minnesota, um, which is about an hour and a half west of the metro here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the big town for all the smaller farm towns. Like they had the mall and the movie theater and stuff like that. Okay, but, sure. Um, there was lots of, you know, all the like old farmer clothes was like stuff that we'd always be getting at the thrift store, like all the DeKalb and international oh, and, you know, right. John Deere stuff. I mean, it was all those kind of like uh satiny kind of jackets, those like windbreaker jackets and stuff. Uh, so it, it just kind of, I've had a DeKalb cat hat for like a long time. And I was like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool to just kind of uh, copy that logo and, and make it a cool diamond logo. So some people don't understand. They're like, what is that cor- co- uh, that what is corn with the wings? Corn like, what, is, yeah. <laughs> what does the flying corn cob mean? I'm like, oh, it's a uh, decalb. It's like a, it's like a farm thing. Right. <laughs> That's great. I like, love oh, it. okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think now might be a good time to mention to folks, um, if you go to Bandcamp, uh, find Coal Diamond on Bandcamp, and you can find some merch there. Um, and then you have a website, uh, coldiamondmusic.com. Um, is there merch on your website as well? Um, no, but it's there's links to the Bandcamp page. And okay. You can, you can get stuff through there. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, what's up next for Coal Diamond? Uh, you mentioned that you might have a batch of tunes to record. Do you have shows, a tour coming up, anything like that? Um, yeah, we've kind of got our continual uh, line of shows coming up um, for August. Yeah, we've got a couple. Uh, we're playing at Mortimer's on August 19th with a bunch of cool bands. Michael Gay, uh, Goat Roper, uh, a guy from Missouri. I can't remember his name right now. Travis Futes. Okay. Um, that should be a fun gig. Uh, we've got a little happy hour show at the White Squirrel on August 9th. Um, doing another 
gig on August 10th at the Terminal Bar. So, you know, we're always cool. kind of keeping busy around town. Nice. I mean, it would be nice to, you know, we're we're definitely not the youngest band in town. Uh-huh. So, you know, sometimes our ambitions to, like, really travel and do that type of uh, life is maybe not so much these days. But, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> um, it would be fun. I mean, I'd love to maybe schedule some long weekends and, you know, get out of town a little bit more and, and maybe do some of that. But, you know, and if anything like that, it'd probably be, you know, next spring, summer at this point, right. you know, I would imagine. Okay. We don't want to do too much touring in the winter. In the winter, That's yeah. usually when we hunker down and right. start working on things. Right, right. Well, I hear you when it comes to, uh, you know, hitting the road, road in an older age. Uh, it, it's not as enticing as it was at, at 20, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone cramming into a 16-passenger van and sleeping at the sound person's house after the gig and, right. you know, whatnot. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't sound too too appealing you know at, at this point in life <laughs> right right well i don't know i'm gonna th- i'm gonna throw around your uh your name and, and some tunes to people around here maybe we can get you on one of those long weekends you're talking about and come down to winona or I something can. you know that'd be great that'd be really cool to see um so as far as like finding your tunes online uh we've mentioned Bandcamp already um are you on the streaming services and stuff like that too yep yeah and all the streaming services uh Spotify, Apple Music, um, tons of other ones that I have never even heard of before. (laughs) You know, Deezer. I don't Uh even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's wherever you stream music, it's out there. Right, right. So, And then I'm assuming, like, uh, the website, colddiamondmusic.com, is probably the best place to go for shows and stuff. Um, Do you have a Facebook page as well, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Facebook, I think, is Cold Diamond Music as well as my Instagram. And there's links to all that off of the uh, website as well. And okay. I try to keep the dates uh, pretty up to date on the website. And, you know, everything that's in, happening in the Cold Diamond universe should be should be up on there. Nice. Very nice. Well, yeah. So uh, I encourage everyone go out to colddiamondmusic.com. Uh, that's where you'll find uh, links to everything. Uh, Bandcamp for merch, uh, Facebook and Instagram, stuff like that. So, uh, Cole, <laughs> Cole, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, really appreciate it. Um, love the tunes. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Um, I was pretty excited when you started releasing more stuff this spring. I was like, ooh, how are we going to get him on this show? You know, because I like to have at least five or six tunes to play. So, super oh, that's cool. great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate you being on the show. So uh, we're going to go out with one last tune. Uh, this is a recent one as well. Uh, we've been talking to Cole Diamond tonight, otherwise known as Ryan Adi. Uh, this last one is Golden Rule, and uh, you're listening to it on The Sound on 89.5 KQAL. <laughs>
thanks again to Cole Diamond for joining us tonight on The Sound. For more information on the band and their music, go to coldiamondmusic.com. For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6 right here on 89.5 KQL. Or listen to The Sound on your favorite streaming services. Find links at kqal.org. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Cole Diamond tonight on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.